0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker.
1: Right now that time, 8.15, you're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning. And today we're going to be talking about Read to Succeed during the first half of the program and the upcoming Spelling Bee. And uh, with us today, we have Executive Director Jolene Radnati. And uh, what number of Spelling Bee is this? How many years? We, I, we. I didn't have it all on, turned on. What? How How? What number is this again? Our
2: 17th annual. We even did this during COVID, but we did them virtually. But our 17th annual Celebrity Spelling Bee.
1: Man, that's that's a lot of years of spelling bees. Yes, it is. And you've had more than just this spelling bee because you guys have spelling bees for middle schoolers. I mean, there's just a lot going on.
2: Yes, we do. Um, It's the sixth grade. It's called. We call it the Read to Be Sixth Grade Spelling Bee, and we always do it in April. And that is for all sixth graders throughout our county of Rutherford County. So, Murfreesboro City Schools, Rutherford County Schools, and our private schools.
1: And Read to Succeed is involved in so many different aspects of education in different ways on multiple levels.
2: Yes, I. you know, we like to say that we, we help promote literacy and um work with folks ages 3 to 99, but we even promote literacy in vitro. We we, we talk to pa- parents, um, expectant mothers, you know, we attend the um, community baby shower and we have conversations with expected mothers about how to even read, you know, while you're pregnant. So we're, we our goal is to have a more literate society and a community.
1: Now, Jolene, here in Rutherford County, do you have uh, approximate numbers as to how many people are unable to read?
2: Um, it keeps growing. When I first came here, when I first uh, started with Read to Succeed six years ago, the number was one out of six adults, or at a uh, at or below a third grade reading, writing, and math level. Now, Scott, the numbers are one out of five, and I I mean, if I could get a proper number, because our county keeps growing. To give you but one out of five of our total population
1: wow yes. now that one out of five are are they able to read the most basic of things such as the word stop at a stop sign or maybe a, a menu at a restaurant
2: um some menus yeah you know depending on what restaurant but um for the most part yes because it's a third grade reading level um but if you've ever gone to a doctor's office um those forms that you need to fill out for your own health care those are way above a third grade reading level so people are checking off things or not answering things this is what starts you down the rabbit hole you know it affects your health because if you can't properly read to fill out forms you're in trouble if you can't properly read for you know um you know anything medical or financial you know and then it just snowballs from there scott um out of that one out of five adults 72 percent of children of that one out of five are uh, likely to be at or, th- or below at their grade reading level and then that cycle just continues so our goal is to stop that cycle
1: so those out there who are unable to read their children often they're also faced with the same problem
2: yes i you know um dr linda gilbert um Rest in peace. She was just an amazing lady. And she always said, we work so hard to get these kids healthy during the week. And then when we send them home, they get sick again. And not necessarily like, you know, health. It's mental health. It's... but." they get the support they need all week at school and then they go home and, and and it's not always the parents fault you know they're trying to just survive but you know if they have that lack of literacy they can't help that, that child thrive and and go far, further you
1: know and you mentioned just a second ago about reading medical information so many doctors, whenever they prescribe medications, some of those medications, the way you're supposed to take them can be a little complicated, especially if you take it four or five times a day. And so they're probably also having trouble reading what's on the prescription bottle.
2: Without a doubt. And you know, just, you know, what are the side effects and understanding those side effects so you can report, hey, this is, you know, affecting me a different way. So, you know, if you're struggling with literacy, you're always relying on someone else. To give you, you know, to read for you, to give you the answers. I, when I worked for city schools, I was in uh, human resources. Um, I can tell you just for our non English speaking families that have moved here how many children are pulled out of school to come help their parent be able to navigate things. You know, but this happens as well for our English speaking families, they rely on the child to help them navigate. But then, again, if that child is struggling, you know.
1: Wow. Again, Jolene Rednati with us this morning, Executive Director of Read to Succeed. You know, I think most of us take for granted that if we don't understand something, if we want to learn more about something, we just pull out our phone and type it in, and there's the answer. But people who are unable to read past a third-grade level, I bet they, if they do that, if they're able to do that, they're not able to understand Or comprehend what it is that they find on Google.
2: Exactly, Uh, you know, um, technology is a blessing and a curse. I believe, but um, there are so many prompts. Sometimes you need to go here, do this. You know, if you don't, if you can't read that, you're not going to understand to go forward. So, um, you know, and again, now medical things are all online. So, if you don't understand how to maneuver that, again, you're 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 stuck with asking somebody.
1: I know I I can't probably count the number of times I've Googled stuff like uh, can Tylenol have a bad effect if you take it with whatever you know it, it's just common stuff that we do every day that we never think about.
2: Uh, exactly, and you know even trying to get proper directions somewhere and and understanding you know how to read. The directions
1: and this upcoming spelling bee that happens every year that this is something that helps to raise funds in order to help keep read to succeed going and and continue helping folks
2: yes um so read to succeed we rely on grants community donations and this spelling bee it's our only fundraiser because scott we want to spend our time making sure we can put books in the hands hearts and minds of the children and families um so we focus on programming, not on fundraising. Uh, so it is imperative that this spelling bee does well because it helps us uh, be sustainable, so we can continue. Because um, we know we're doing good things. We see we see people making goals and reaching those goals. We see children finding that love of reading. And you know what? Scott, a lot of people might not know it. This is our 20th year in Rutherford County. 20th year as a nonprofit.
1: Wow, that's all, and, and the seventeenth annual spelling bee. So you yes. guys have been, uh, you know, helping people a long time.
2: Yes, and and you know, um, we can't say more. This this community is so amazing. We have something that most communities don't have. We really do. Um, they care about each other. All the nonprofits that we have in our community are amazing, and we love uh, working with them to help make a family whole. Um, but As folks don't know, you know, not everybody gets state funding or, you know, um, and we love our our big nonprofits that are, you know, nationwide. But, you know, uh, local nonprofit struggles to, you know, keep keep things going. And uh, writing grants are not um, they're wanting. No. And they're wanting more things. I can't tell you. We read to these children monthly. We model for the parents. We are with them. But I can't tell you in three years if everything we've done has made a difference. We know it's making a difference right there, and it's it's sparking their interest in reading, and, and that's what we want to do. And parents tell us how excited they are when they know it's the, the imagination station day or a family literacy night. But, you know, we need to just continue what we're doing so we can see and help break the, those cycles so we can see um, children find that love of reading because once that's sparked there's no limits to where those children can go
1: you know the stories that have unfolded because of the help of people at read to succeed are pretty amazing and I still recall one where it was an older gentleman who had grandchildren and he wanted to learn to read for the first time because as simple as it may sound he wanted to be able to read to his grandkids
2: yes yes Um, we had a gentleman who raised his family owned a business and went on a um, couples retreat with his wife, and he was, he was tasked to write her a love letter, and he couldn't, and his pastor sent him to read to succeed. We have business owners that came to us and help, we helped them get their high school diplomas, and you know, um, it's, not, it's not our staff. Our staff does amazing things, but Scott, we couldn't do this without all the wonderful volunteers that give countless hours to help tutor and help these families and then our community partners we're just so grateful for everyone in this community to help us continue this literacy mission
1: and you know something else that's really neat about read to succeed some of those volunteers over the years who've taught others to read have been judges teachers lawyers doctors i I mean you've had such uh, just variety of people come in to volunteer
2: yes because you know throughout their day, they see folks that they're working with or, or, you know, have interaction with and they, or it could be a personal thing and they want to help make that difference. Um, You know, the Dollar General Literacy Foundation, folks, when you're at a Dollar General, put some money in in those little slots because they give out hundreds of thousands of dollars to programs just like us. Um, But the owner, the big, you know, Dollar General, the father couldn't read. Wow. That 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 story is powerful uh, to know that how literacy became, you know, such a big thing for that family.
1: Uh, amazing. And if anybody would like to help out by attending the upcoming Spelling Bee and what, buying a table or purchasing seats for it, what, what do they need to do?
2: They could go to our website, www.readtosucceed.org. Click on uh, Celebrity B. Uh, we've been having some uh, website glitches, but if you buy um, a ticket, just choose a speller. Don't worry about it, but that's part of what we figured out might be one of the glitches. Uh, and if you're still having problems, uh, please don't give up. Just email us, call us, and we want to make sure that we get you in And uh, because we want folks to come and see how much fun literacy is and have just a great night of fellowship with them. Um, our wonderful 11 spellers.
1: And where is the spelling bee going to be this year?
2: The spelling bee this year is at the wonderful Saddle Woods Farm, and it's on Thursday, November 2nd. And that is at 9522 Franklin Road. It's out there by the Bill Rice Ranch. It's the beautiful ranch um, going toward Franklin on the right-hand side. They have the Clydesdales. It's it's a gorgeous space. And um, doors open at 530, and the program starts at 630.
1: And, again, dinner's going to be served at this
2: event. Oh, yes. Uh, goodness gracious is our um, caterer for the night, and uh, we will have you know, some sweet tea because, you know, we're in the South and some adult beverages as well. So it's an open bar for the event.
1: Now, if somebody would like to be a part of Read to Succeed to help out or, or maybe they need help themselves, how do they get a hold of you?
2: Again, um, through our website, we even have a volunteer button if they they just want to put their information in um, and then they can click what they're interested in and then we'll reach out from the, from there and, and move forward. We will be doing some tutor trainings um, actually in a few weeks. Um, We're seeing that, you know, since COVID... Life changes and things happen and and folks just sometimes need to step back. So we are in needs of a few English as second language tutors right now.
1: You know, it's amazing all the things that Read to Succeed has been a part of. One of those things would be the reading in schools day where people come in and they read to a classroom.
2: You know, Scott, uh, reading in the schools day is amazing. We had, um, I bought 10,500 bookmarks And I had to get more for all. So if they were in first grade and up, they got bookmarks. And then pre-K through uh, kindergarten got stickers someone read to me. Um, That is all these schools. It's the highest number of schools ever attending. Once we've come back from COVID, everybody wants to just highlight how fun literacy is. And then the hundreds, hundreds of volunteers that went out and read that day. Actually, it was about... Uh, 2,000 volunteers read across the county that day.
1: You know, it, it's so important to read to your own children, too. And and I think sometimes for those who may not be able to read, but they have kids, they, they want to be able to read. But if they can't, it's good just to make up the story as you go along when you're sitting there with your two-year-old or three-year-old.
2: I agree. I You know, just modeling, having a book, opening a book, touching a book. Um, we want to help build those home libraries. So, you know, um, I just pulled up some numbers just to tell you um, since I've been here six years um, in the six years 68,221 new and gently used books have been given out in the and direct programming or at community events in our community because we want books at home so the parents can model for those children and if they are struggling with reading um, yeah just holding the book and making up a story that that would work but calling us and it's all confidential, calling us, we would do an intake, and we could help them get to their literacy goal. Even if their goal is not to get a high set, which was formerly a GED, if their goal is just to be able to read enough to, you know, you know, just manage life or, or or read to their children or help their children, we could help them with that goal.
1: And being able to read, even if it's not at the highest level that you dream of, it could be someday. It changes your life.
2: It does. It does. It opens up so, so many doors. Um, we do a culturally love, uh, relevant high school book club. We call it Ad Adolescent Literacy. And we're at 16 schools. We're, we do it at a few uh, elementary schools, and we call it Kid Lit. But letting the children choose the high-quality text, letting them choose that book, and then they lead the discussions around that book. But kids talk about how these books open open their mind and and they can see themselves we want books to be windows mirrors and doors mirrors so you can see yourself windows so you can see other you know other things in the world and doors so you can go explore so you know we want we want children to find that love of, of reading and we, we do it every way we can partnering with the school systems and um, local nonprofits and community members to uh, make sure that we help the children, but also the adults, so they so that cycle doesn't continue.
1: Again, Jolene Radnati with us this morning. And as we close today, again, what is the website so that folks can be a part of the upcoming Spelling Bee?
2: Um, our Spelling Bee, again, is Thursday, November 2nd, and it's at Saddlewoods Farm. Doors open at 530. Our website is www.read2succeed.org, and just click on the Spelling Bee, uh, Celebrity Bee, um, we have 11 amazing spellers who are very brave to stand up in front of folks, and um, they're also helping us uh, raise some funds. Our goal is 55000 and it is way down, Scott. So we are asking folks to just come on out for a good night of fun, and if you're unable to attend, you know, just donate, uh, sponsor a speller, uh, just help us so we can continue to put books in the hands, hearts, and minds of the children and the adults and change their trajectory. Sounds
1: great. Well, Jolene, thank you for joining us this morning.
2: Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you and WGNS.
1: Right now that time, 8.33, you're listening to WGNS. We do have more news and information coming up. Weight loss has always been a struggle for me, but thanks to Magnolia Medical Center, the semaglutide injection has helped me to lose 60 pounds, and I've actually kept it off.
3: Begin your weight loss journey at Magnolia Medical Center. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat, and I like eating steak, where my wife will end up getting her salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas' Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
1: Rutherford County apparently has the highest number of single-family homes owned by commercial corporations. With WGNS News, I'm Scott Walker. Well, reports indicate about 10 percent of the single-family homes in Rutherford County are now owned by out-of-state corporations.
3: They're called REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts. It's for investment and commercial purposes. Even though they're in the residential market, we have more homes owned by REITs in Rutherford County than any other county whole subdivisions are being built for the express purpose of rental. It's creating a permanent renter's class, and it's making affordable homes much more difficult.
1: That was Rutherford County Mayor Joe Carr the mayor said that at some point he believes that there was a conscious decision that was made to charge these corporations the residential tax rate as opposed to a commercial tax rate, which is what a commercial apartment complex would be charged on their income-producing property. These rates,
3: which are commercial enterprises, are charged the residential property tax rate. So an apartment complex is charged the 40% assessment rate. Commercial property, like this building here, is charged the 40% rate. But a REIT in collection of individual homes is only charged the 25% property tax rate. And so we've got something that's not quite as consistent as it should be. Other counties are charging these same REITs the 40% commercial rate. For whatever reason, Rutherford County has chosen to to charge them the 25% rate.
1: A REIT, or a Real Estate Investment Trust, is often formed by a publicly traded company that buys thousands of properties across the country to turn into rental units for investment purposes. The homes are also an investment that can be sold years and years later for a secondary profit that is, of course, second to the monthly rental profit. REITs are properties owned for investment purposes to generate income for its investors. In other news, a car that was allegedly stolen in Murfreesboro ended up in Lebanon, Tennessee, which is about thirty minutes down eight forty. It happened late Tuesday night. SafeNet alerted on a stolen white Chevrolet Traverse out of Murfreesboro. SafeNet utilizes software that reads license plate numbers and then alerts police when it picks up or reads a plate that is tied to a crime or a crime in progress. One of those crimes being auto theft. Well, in Wilson County, Lebanon police officers immediately intercepted the vehicle that was coming from Murfreesboro and confirmed it was indeed stolen. That driver is now facing multiple charges. Again, that occurred Tuesday night in Lebanon as Chevy Traverse, which is a small SUV, was stolen out of Murfreesboro and then pulled over in Lebanon. According to the latest statistics, in 2021, almost 107,000 drug-involved overdose deaths occurred across the U.S. Well, now the Tennessee Department of Health is utilizing $5.4 million that they received in grant money for the CDC's Overdose Data to Action Program, all to strengthen the state's ongoing efforts to address the opioid overdose crisis and to reduce opioid-related harms. According to the Tennessee Health Commissioner, Ralph Alvardo, he said, I "Our Our efforts continue with our many local and state partners to prevent drug overdose and to improve the people and communities affected by substance use disorder. In related news, Middle Point Landfill will provide secure disposal of vape products and prescription drugs for National Prescription Drug Take Back Day on October 27th and 28th. That's today and tomorrow. Middle Point Landfill General Manager Mike Klassen told WGNS that they will be helping with the disposal of the medications collected. Middle Point is partnering with the Prevention
3: Coalition for Success, Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, and the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department, Trust Point Hospital, and the Tennessee. Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services to provide secure disposal of prescription medication and vape products for National Prescription Take Back Day.
1: The Prevention Coalition for Success, a Rutherford County nonprofit dedicated to creating healthier communities by reducing substance misuse, is hosting events at Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, the Smyrna Police Department, and Reevesane Drugstore at which people can safely and anonymously surrender unused prescription medication and even vapes. Middle point will provide secure collection bins for all three events. Read more about this at wgnsradio.com. Again, drug take-back events today between 8 and 2 at the Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, then Saturday at Smyrna's Police Department and Reeves St. Drug Store in Murfreesboro, both between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Again, that's Saturday. Well, Christmas is already in the air, and local businesses on the Murfreesboro Square will be open extended hours on Friday, November 3rd, for sip, shop, and stroll.
3: Stores are open from 4 to 8 p.m. with treats and drinks, special sales, and lots to buy for your gift-giving needs.
1: That was Main Street Murfreesboro Executive Director, Sarah Callender. There's lots to explore around the historic downtown square this November.
3: Take a horse and buggy ride around the historic downtown, and artists will be downtown with the Borough Art Crawl.
1: Bring the family, discover new stores, and visit familiar staples of our historic town as you shop local. This festive holiday event is full of hot chocolate, small bites, trunk shows, and lots of shopping fun. Stores are staying open late until 8 o'clock on the downtown square on November 3rd, which is a Friday. Also, the Borough Art Crawl will be taking place that very same evening. You'll be able to see what local artists are up to and how much talent we have throughout Rutherford County. Sip, shop, and stroll on the downtown Murfreesboro Square, Friday, November 3rd. This is put together by Main Street Murfreesboro. Coming up just next week, another event on the downtown Murfreesboro Square trick-or-treating. Make sure you bring the kids to the downtown square on Halloween, October 31st, which is a Tuesday this year. Trick-or-treating will take place between 3 o'clock and 5 p.m. on the downtown square, and it's recommended that you get there at the 3 o'clock start time because candy goes quick. Uh, But then again, some businesses literally buy a truckload of candy to hand out so that they will have plenty. Because there's definitely plenty of kids on the murphysboro square each halloween for trick-or-treating and again this halloween tuesday of next week trick-or-treating will take place between three and five again on the murphysboro square for wgns news i'm scott walker
0: the action line on fm 101.9 and am 1450 murfreesboro fm 100.5 smyrna and streaming at wgnsradio.com
1: right now that time eight you're listening to wgns and now in studio with us from greenhouse ministries we have cliff and jane sharp how are y'all doing this morning
0: we are doing great
1: well good and uh let's talk a little bit about the idea of starting greenhouse and uh how that came about and when it came about
0: you know it's interesting that um i tell people i had when i had my great epiphany which was everybody didn't think like me, <laughs> which which was really something big to me. It was that um, we basically discovered that there's a whole segment of the people, of the population, that a lot of people really do not know about or understand, and that's people that do not have dreams and goals and do not think they have opportunity. And so this was the thing that I think that spurred Jane and I probably more than anything is – what can we do to help people learn to dream and let them know that uh, uh, opportunities is available everywhere. There, there's always a chance that, that uh, you can improve yourself and do, do better than, than what you're doing right now. And, and the thing is, it has nothing to do with intelligence or anything like that. It's just simply they've never been taught.
1: Now, when you started Greenhouse, were you, prior to that, a, a teacher, a professor?
0: Uh, yes. The, first, uh, the last 24 years, I taught at Harding University in Arkansas, and then uh, we uh, moved over here. And, uh, and when I first moved over here, uh, we uh, started working with the Crisis Pregnancy Center at that time, which is now Portico, and I was there for, for nine years, and that's where I was able to see... Uh, what was going on uh, because you know being in education uh, especially in college when you're teaching in college you don't see all of these all of these other things so anyway it would really um, it it really was eye-opening
1: and when you're teaching at the college level you're on a campus and it's like its own little city in a way absolutely
0: you're in a bubble
1: (laughs) exactly and so I could see where there would be a lot of eye-opening experiences coming out of that,
0: right? Uh, you know, I, I grew up in northern Arkansas, and we, we, you know, we we were poor, but I still did not know anyone that did not think um, we live in the United States of America. We can do anything we want to if we want to work hard enough for it. But that is really not true. That people that that do not have that mindset, it uh, it's foreign to them. You know, here in our
1: community, and, and really communities all over the nation, we have so many people who are struggling, who are homeless, who, you know, can can barely make it from meal to meal, and they're having a hard time paying their bills, and they end up living either on the street or in a motel, but you're helping to turn around those folks in a lot of ways.
4: Well, we hope to. <laughs> we um, you ask how we got started it's really funny because even though we recognized that need we certainly didn't dream about greenhouse ministries being what it is today Um, we've laughed and said if god had told us we might have said can we think about that a little bit because he just gave us a little piece at a time and we just started going into some of the project areas where that need was so prevalent and built relationships and it kept growing and more volunteers joined us which helped us to realize that the two part of our ministry is that one there are people who are desperately in need need friends need relationships more than they need food and clothing and yet here's a whole community of people who have giftings and talents that they need a place to serve so that was sort of how it was formed and it just kept growing (laughs)
1: And those relationships, that is really what drives greenhouse ministries in so many ways. And uh, a lot of times people just come to greenhouse just to talk
4: exactly.
0: Uh, that's right. A lot of them, that's that's the whole thing they come in, or well every, everybody that comes in, they, you know they come in for maybe food clothes, but really, what they want to do is talk. And um, you know one of the one of the fun uh, volunteer opportunities is the peer counselors. And the peer counselors are the people that uh, visit with the with the folks when they come in and listen to their story. And uh, then, of course, we always are, you know, have the food and the clothes and things like that. You know, the community is so generous that we always have things that we can give them, but that's really not the important thing and and as you were saying earlier it's it's developing relationships not necessarily you know a a buddy buddy relationship but it's developing trust so that um you know they come in and you know maybe all they need right now is food and clothes but down the line if they trust us which is what we want to build then they'll come in for help that they really need
1: and those who come in who end up talking maybe even for hours it's extremely therapeutic and i don't know if everybody realizes how therapeutic talking can be just listening to somebody can
0: change a life right tell you tell you an interesting story had a guy come in the other day and uh, he was wanting food and he was he was homeless. He he said that um, he and a couple of other buddies had pooled their money and uh, stayed in a motel a couple of nights, to get a shower, and watch ball games. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as as I was looking on the on the um, uh, intake form, it said that he I noticed he was a veteran, and so I asked him about uh, you know where he served, and and he said he was in the Navy and in the Mediterranean, and I said, well, tell me something about some of the places that you visited. For the next 30 minutes, he stopped talked nonstop telling me about the different places that he went. And and uh, so and, and, you know, he left with a big smile on his face and he was just so, you know, happy to be able to tell his story. And uh, so, you know, we and and we see that, you know, when people get to just talk and visit, uh, it just changes our outlook on life.
1: You know, most people who, let's say they own a business or they work at a business or they work at a restaurant, they often don't give that stranger the time to to tell a story. But if you do that, uh, I I mean, they will walk out with a smile no matter where you are. That's right. But how how do you teach people who volunteer to be able to listen?
4: One of the things that we um, did in raising our children um, we say the Great Commission is not just go you into all the world, but as you go. So we laugh in our family since we've sort of used that as a training model that even in the grocery checkout line, somebody wants to tell you something. Well, allow the time. And I've had that experience. It's really funny. One lady, I was buying a greeting card, and she picked that up, and she said, oh, I wish somebody would send a card like this to me. And I turned around, and all of a sudden, nobody was behind me, so I was able to visit with her for, you know, three or four minutes. And I thought, it blessed us both.
1: You know, it, it is really wild to just pause, like if you're in a grocery store, and look around, exactly. and somebody wants to say something to you. Exactly. And it's amazing if mm-hmm. you let them, they will literally tell you everything that's going on in their life. There are a lot of lonely
4: people out there.
1: Definitely. And I think more so today than maybe even 20 or 30 years ago because of things like social media because so many people are just so focused on what's happening on on facebook or Mm -hmm. twitter or or whatever it is it it does make people more lonely
4: it does and they think it's happening in everybody else's life
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so if people listening would just listen Uh to others It, Uh it would help out a lot and it would change their direction too i'm sure
4: right well and i think that's what causes people to slide into that survival mode because they isolate and they don't build relationships and maybe they've injured their family relationships and so then they stop dreaming
1: yeah and and people who are listening who maybe they live in their house with their wife and two kids but they feel isolated too exactly and that happens often Mm -hmm. now at greenhouse ministries for those who do volunteer there there are so many different opportunities and life university is one of those
0: right that was um that was one of the visions that we had um uh there were there three or four different places along where we had different visions. You know, one, when we first got started again, we just wanted to to help people and see how we could match them up with volunteers. When we moved over on Lytle Street, when we first got our first building, um, uh, as as it went along, one of the things people were always wanting to give us things. We didn't have any room for anything over there. But one of the things that Jane and Christy uh, had a vision for was a thrift store. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, we were able to to uh, find the uh, building that is over on Spring Street. Uh, the babies uh, were closing their office building, and so they said, uh, you know, they leased it to us. And so now we have an unbelievable uh, thrift store garden patch. And then one of my visions was always what can we do to minister to men? We see so many single moms. And, you know, men so many times today are not taught responsibility and so um helping them learn what what responsibility really is is uh what we want to do it at at, um, at through living university and uh we have a curriculum that we developed we did some research and talked to a lot of folks and and so we have a curriculum uh it, but it's all built on knowing who they are in Jesus. If they don't know who they are in Jesus, um, they tend to live either in the past or the, or the future. And so learning what they do uh, in the present is, is a really, really important thing. And so um, it's, it's a work in progress, but uh, we, we are very satisfied. As I told you earlier this morning, uh, we have a, a new da- uh, person, Daniel Uh, Cord, that is uh, uh, our new director and he's really doing a great job just getting people kind of out of their shell because as Jane said a few minutes ago you know people just tend to isolate
1: they do again with us this morning Cliff and Jane Sharp from Greenhouse Ministries and in the program life University helping men out there and, and helping to get them to understand that there are responsibilities will also give them purpose. And purpose really directs a lot of people. And, you know, there's a lot of, like you said, single moms out there. Well, if those men who should be in their children's <laughs> life were in their children's life, they would feel like, hey, that's that's one of my purposes right there. Absolutely. How do you teach that to people, though?
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you uh, – That you just keep going over and over and over uh, just talking about how important it is to develop uh, the habits that uh, that make you become a more responsible person but uh, again it's it's just developing those those little habits Um, you know it's like in in coaching we did the same drills every day Uh, every day you do the same thing so that when something happens, you're going to react in the positive way. And so this is, you know, what we do is we're, we're working with them, is teaching them to develop those habits so that are positive. So when something happens, they react in a positive way and not a negative way. They don't run from a responsibility. They step in and accept it and know that they're going to grow th- as they get through it.
1: You know, I, I remember when my kids were growing up, I, I volunteered to be The soccer coach for my son's team, I I was a horrible soccer coach. (laughs) But, you know, six-year-olds don't care. (laughs) They think everything's great. But doing things like that, just making that appearance, that effort, really does help out a, a child's life in addition to helping out your
4: own. Absolutely. Well, and we were talking about isolation. That creates selfishness because that's what you're thinking about all the time when you isolate and so to expose these guys to community activities and other people and uh, challenge them uh, to set some goals uh, takes them outside of their own thinking
1: you know it's interesting you said it, it creates a selfishness for folks and you're right and when people are on social media just doing nothing but reading social media posts all day pretty soon they're you know, going to be on Amazon ordering stuff. I mean, it just, everything happens so quickly with that isolation and, mm-hmm. and with that, that selfish type attitude. And you don't even realize it's selfish.
4: Mm-hmm. So
1: it, it's tough. If somebody wants to help out at Greenhouse Ministries and get involved, how do they do it?
4: We have a volunteer orientation every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And that's a great way, even if you just want to know more about Greenhouse, you can come and um, hear a little short spiel about Greenhouse and take a tour. Uh, But it's a great way to find out where you would be best used. In, in the ministry and or maybe bring some great ideas. Some of our greatest ideas and classes and extra ministries have come through our volunteers. So, so people just uh, show up on Thursdays. Yeah, it's just a great way to learn and to be inspired.
1: That's great and, and we don't have a whole lot of time left but Thanksgiving is right around the corner yes. and that's another thing that Greenhouse helps out with, collecting turkeys.
4: Right. Well, we collect turkeys And then the other thing we're doing this year that's different is we are asking churches or businesses or bigger groups to pick one item. And you could call and get that item um, at Greenhouse and ask for Jody. And um, we want the community to partner with us in this instead of us just ordering food. It just makes a, a more cohesive Um, serving event and then we would love for those groups to come and volunteer as well because it takes about 200 volunteers when we serve 600 people
1: I know one of the really neat things that Cliff talked about in the past with Thanksgiving is that giving away turkeys and all the fixings for Thanksgiving it actually created this brand new thing for some families to come together for the first time in
4: years exactly
0: that's one of my favorite stories about about Thanksgiving is is this lady that we gave a turkey to and and she said well since she had a turkey she um called some of her family that they had not gotten together some of them were strained from each other and uh, and she came back Uh, she's also in one of our parenting classes and uh, and came back and said it was just one of the most amazing Thanksgivings we've ever had because we got started talking about old times and things that happened and she said so we decided we're gonna do this every year and I told her I said we'll come back next year and I'll give you another turkey
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's wild how a meal can bring people together because I mean that whole sharing bread together it it really does make a difference and brings people together it does and if anybody listening wants to learn more you can go to their website greenhouse men that's org, or just stop by on thursdays at 10 o'clock absolutely sounds good well cliff and jane thank you for joining us
0: always our pleasure scott
1: and and we'll talk to you again
0: next week all right Uh,
1: Right now that time 858. you're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning. We've got local news with Ron Jordan just around the corner and news around the country with CBS.
3: Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City inviting your family to come do business with my family. We have all the items needed to spoil your pet, toys, food, treats, and more. Whether you're a new pet parent or a very experienced one, you'll find the items and help you need here at Animal City. We are proud and thankful to be celebrating our 33rd year in the Murfreesboro community. That's Animal City. We're at 919 Northwest Broad Street, right here in Murfreesboro. Please check
4: out our Facebook page. I like water aerobics. Margaret Ortobodian chose Adams Place. It's been a great boon for my health to have water aerobics. The pool is saltwater pool, and the instructors are all geriatric trained. And then they have uh, stretch and balance to help you keep from falling. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Call Adams Place today at 615-904-9111.